folks, welcome into a special episode of Degenerate Danger Zone. We're going to be previewing UFC Fight Island 3. But first, a shout out to our sponsor, Pazda Electric, 716-698-2711. Give them a call for any residential or commercial electrical job. They do anything from house wiring, main service upgrade, fuses to circuit breakers, backup generators, anything you need it. Anything you need, they can do it for you. And if you mention this train never stops, they'll give you an extra little hookup. Today, it's Ty B and my man, Cons here, breaking this one down. Cons, it looks like a great card. The most fights on a card ever tied with UFC 2. How are you feeling right now? I mean, I'm, I'm feeling great about this. Um, you know, as, as, as Bruce Buffer always says, it's time. Uh, but uh, Dana White just keeps giving the people what they want. I mean, I, I, I don't think whether it's a weak card or if it's a strong card or if it's an all over the place card, he still gives us something worth watching. So, um, you know, I think it'll be a good card and, and definitely one to pay attention to, um, you know, as, as, as we move forward towards the fight tonight. So, yep, exactly. Dana continues to deliver and there's a lot of actually really good fights. Some names you've heard you know, sprinkled throughout the cards, some UFC veterans, some people making their debuts and trying to make a name for themselves. So it's going to be very, very, very fun today to watch how everything plays out. And we've seen, you know, some of these other cards lately with fights getting scratched where you have these long intermissions, which is nice because having guys like um, Bisping and DC and Paul Felder on the broadcasts, you do actually learn a lot in between those fights, but it seems like today they're going to be rolling quick and often. And as a fight fan, that's all you can really ask for. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you do, you're right. You do learn a lot. If DC and Bisping aren't bickering about past <laughs> fights that they've been involved in, but um, it's, it's just amazing how much time and effort goes into training for, you know, performing at such an elite level, uh, you know, in the UFC and, and, and you see that or you, or you hear that and you see it, but you hear it from two, uh, you know, the top fighters, uh, you know, in their craft. And, you know, I always enjoy, uh, you know, listening to DC and Bisping go at it. So I'm looking forward to, you know, learning more as, as time goes on with those two. So. Yep. So it's time to get into these fights a little bit. I think the first one we're going to look at is, you know, one of these fights that's going to be happening early on between Bate, the Pitbull, Correa, and Panin, Banzai, Kianzad. Uh, it's just Kianzad's third fight in the UFC. Uh, she's had a good record on her way up, but Bate Correa has been around in this welterweight divi or bantamweight division for quite some time. I think, you know, as a underdog here, Correa's got a little bit of a chip on her shoulder. I don't know how you feel about this one, Cons. I mean, it's, it's definitely a fight where both women will be able to showcase their skills to, to a wider audience. I mean, the fight island's huge. I mean, this is what Dana White's always wanted. This is what the fans have wanted. Um, you know, so I think, it'll be, I think it'll be a good fight. But let's keep in mind that, you know, the Brazilian Pitbull has been a little unstable through 2019 with a one-on-one -one record. Um, you know, but I do think, like you're right, I think Correa – in my opinion, I think Correa takes this one, but I think it'll be a really good fight. I think it'll be one early on that will kind of um, carry that momentum to further fights. But mm -hmm. like I said, both are going to showcase their skills, but I just think that Correa's got that edge with the experience. So, mm -hmm. Yep, yep. I'm right there with you. Um, if you look at who Kianzad has fought in her time in the UFC, it's pretty much no names. You look at Bete Correa's fights, 
Um, she's lost to Holly Holm, but she's beat Jessica I. Uh, she beat Sarah Eubanks recently. So I think that, you know, that, that extra little time within the UFC cage, and even though, you know, there's no fans, I think that extra uh, veteran knowledge is able to get, get it done. We've seen a lot of underdogs coming in on these cards recently. And, you know, she's not a big underdog. They're at plus 130. But I think that's one to take early. Um, not a real big size difference, only uh, two inches um, for uh, Kian's ad. So I like Bethe Cray to get in there. And I think this is going to probably go to the decision, but this is going to be one of those women's fights where you're like, yes, these women really do belong in the UFC and it's going to be a legitimate, legitimate fight out there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I take, I take Korea, like I said, you know, nothing really more to it. And like you said, you you hit the nail on the head, UFC octagon, that experience, you know, should pull her through tonight. Yep. And we'll move on to the next fight that we want to talk about a little bit here. Uh, Tanner, the bulldozer Besser versus Raphael, Bibaziao, Pessoa. Tanner Besser is coming off a huge knockout first round over Felipe Linz. Linz was a guy who everyone thought was getting ready to make a run here, possibly in the heavyweight division. One of these new guys coming around, Taylor Besser put a quick stop to that. He's a, you know, a big size guy, 6'2", 255. But Pessoa is right about the same size at 6'3", a little bit of a three-inch advantage. Pessoa's last win was over Matt Hughes. This will be just his third fight in the UFC. He's coming in with a 10-1 record and as opposed to Besser's 18-6-1. And this one here, you got Besser's a big favorite at minus 278. And I think that's pretty much because of what he did to Linz in that last fight out. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, I, I, he's, he's definitely proven to be a fan favorite. Um, you know, very fast pace tuned up. I mean, there's no dialing this guy back. Um, but I, I think the one thing that's really impressive about him is the fact that it's very hard to find guys that want to fight on short notice. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. And he's always willing to step up to the plate and do that. Um, I think that's, you know, I think that says a lot about his character. So, uh, you know, I take Besser in this situation. Yeah, yep. for and sure. Besser- I mean, yeah, Besser, two years older, mm-hmm. um, just a little bit more season there in the octagon mm-hmm. as well. I, I would lean Besser, and I don't think this fight goes the distance. Um, you look at both these guys, neither of them have ever registered um, a takedown in the UFC. They're not going to look to take it down. They're going to look to throw the hands. So this is going to be another very exciting fight earlier on in the card that fans can really, really enjoy that are going to get you pumped up for these later fights. Yeah, and even even you know piggybacking off that, just the hand speed and the power, the out you know the output. I mean, unanimous decision, Besser. Mm-hmm. Yep, I, th- I think he's going to be able to knock him, knock him out uh, first second round again. Right. He's got the power to do it, and you know if if you're not ready for it, it's going to come quick. <laughs> and on to the next fight we're looking at here, Francisco Trinaldo, who's been around a little bit here. The Masarandubu, oh my God, Masaranduba against Jai, the Black Country banger, who is actually participating in his first ever UFC fight. Right here, you have a little bit of a size difference. Um, Trinaldo at 5'9", Herbert at 6'1", but he has a 7-inch reach advantage. Um, Trinaldo, the southpaw, Herbert fights more orthodox. Um, Herbert also 10 years younger. This is going to be a very interesting fight. 
You have Trinaldo coming off two back-to-back wins, including a win over Mac Desi, which was a very, very nice showing for him. I, I like what this fight offers here. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's definitely one of those ones that gets you really, really hyped. We talked about earlier these early fights. This is where you make your money in these early fights. And this is the one that you want to look at if you're, you know, if you're placing your bets. And, and the reason I say that is because, you know, I, I look at uh, Trinaldo, just, you know, tough as – just a tough guy. I hate, I hate using this cliche, but tough as nails. You know, it's so cliche to say that. But he's never been knocked out in 14-plus years as a pro fighter. You know, and then – during eight plus years in the UFC uh, stack light division, uh, Masen or Randuba, I, gosh, I mispronounce that all the time. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's racked up a 15 and six record wins over Felder, Miller, Dunham and Bobby Green. But I just think this is going to be that fight where um, there's going to be blood everywhere. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we're going to, we're going to see a prize fight toe to toe. You know, both guys showing out for the crowd. Um, I, I, in this fight, I like Trinaldo. I do. I, I really do. I like the guy that's going to go in there and, and, and take a couple shots, but also, um, you know, it could be problematic as, you know, Trinaldo's a crafty striker. So I think that Trinaldo takes this one for not only the fact that he's a piece of steel, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that he, he can find a way to, to, to strike you when you least expect it. Yeah, and something to note about that fight, Trinaldo did miss weight by four pounds, so he's going to forfeit a lot of his purse over there to Herbert. And it looks like in Herbert's 10 wins, eight of those have come by KO or TKO. So this looks like another fight that if it does go the distance, like you said, it's going to be an absolute war. But when you look at the lines here, Trinaldo minus 124, Herbert about even money now. Uh, This opened up with Herbert about plus 140. so this is a very interesting line movement. Um, you know, when you see a guy miss weight, did he miss weight because, you know, his age, you know, I think he's 41 now. Um, was it just too, too big of a strain on his body? Or did, you know, he overstrain his body and still couldn't get there? Is he going to be able to be healthy enough in this fight? So that's something you have to think about if you're betting it. Um, and I do like some of these guys coming in there, making their debut. I think it's a little bit easier without the large crowd. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see an upset in this one with Herbert getting it done. Yeah. Yep. And then on to our next fight we're going to look at. Well, actually, we're not even going to really look at it. It's just something we got to mention here. You have uh, Kamzat Chimeyev, who's going to be fighting his second fight in the last 10 days. And at a different weight class this time, a huge favorite, minus 1250. Just being able to do this, to fight on such quick notice, and to fight at a different weight class. Cons, can you just speak to how incredibly amazing that is? I definitely think it's amazing. I do. And on such short notice, you know, I certainly think that that's great. And, um, you know, I, I think it's a testament to – you know, I, we, we talk here in Buffalo about Sean McDermott's process, but you think about a fighter's process and how, um, you know, dedicated and disciplined they have to be. I mean, there's guys that are banging down Dana White's door saying, what do I have to do to get in the cage again? And he did it. I mean, it's great. Um, but I also think the one thing to worry about is moving weight classes so quickly. What does that do to your body? You know, uh, we've seen that with Conor McGregor dropping weight and gaining weight. You know, he's so much more powerful when he's welterweight. But what yeah. does he look like when he's down a weight class? So, you know, I, I think that's one thing to look out when betting this fight is, yes, dedicated fighter, 
great fighter, but let's keep in mind that weight class differential. You know, how's that going to change his approach? Is he weaker? Is he stronger? Is he quicker? Is he slower? What's his body like? How's he feeling? We won't, we won't know until they roll out into the octagon, but these are things you have to think about. Yep, exactly. And on to the next fight, a very interesting name for most UFC fans, Alex, the cowboy, Oliveira taking on Peter Sabota. Um, Sabota's last time out, most fight fans might forget. But as soon as you bring it up, and you'll, you'll remember it was the KO with 459 uh, in the third round, knocked him out with one second left against Leon Edwards. Um, so that was his last fight out. Before that, had two straight victories. And then Alex Oliveira is coming off a win over Max Griffin um, after three straight losses there. He's starting to get you know, a little bit up there in his career, but Sabota around the same age. Both these guys trend end fights before the end of, uh, before the end and don't go to decision. But Oliveira's last three have gone to decision. He's there at a 167 favorite, Sabota at plus 135. Where, where are you leaning on this one, Cons? Oh, I mean, this is a tough one for me. And, and we talked about this in our, in our, our pre-show is uh, we, we like Oliveira a lot. Um, we, we, we definitely have seen just, you know, off, off a great fighter before our eyes here, but um, this is a tough pick for me. And, and, it, and it's, it's, it's not because, you know, I like Oliveira. It's just recently he's looked not this. He hasn't looked like the same fighter that we mm-hmm. know him for. He's looked a little sloppy. His, his skills look like they've kind of, regressed a bit um i i I do think though that olivero will just try and really go in the ring and just or the octagon and just bully uh sabata you know there are there are a couple people that are picking sabata but i just think olivero will bully him um you know heavy body kicks and and give a couple power shots you know i i think there's there's effective way to win this um i actually have olivero by tko in round two on this one um, and that's saying a lot considering what I just said about him being sloppy and, and his skills looking like they regress. But I think this is his fight to really prove that he's still one of the skillful, strong fighters in his weight class. Yep. Yep. I think this is a huge fight for him, um, to really, you know, continue to supplant himself in that division. Um, Sabota, I don't think he necessarily had a great fight against Leon Edwards, even before getting knocked out. Um, I think he was, you know, behind on every card. Uh, you know, the orthodox southpaw is always something to look at. But, you know, when you're someone who's as seasoned as Oliveira and someone who fights in sort of that freestyle fashion that he does, I don't think it's as big of an issue for him. I think Oliveira is able to get that one done. Yeah, absolutely. And now we are on to some of these fights on the main card. First one we're going to talk about Carla Esparza versus Marina Rodriguez. Esparza coming in as an underdog, plus 145, with Marina Rodriguez at minus 182. Yeah, um, you know, this this could be, um, you know, one of those fights that, you know, that we talk about tomorrow, about how it was, you know, a good fight. It could go one way or the other. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some are going Esparza, some are going Rodriguez. Um, you and I are still talking about which way we're leaning on this podcast, but uh, I, I just think that, that, that there's, uh, you know, you know, these, these, these fights, you know, these women's fights are, are getting better on each mm-hmm. card. Um, but as far as it's just, she, she may not be as powerful. Um, she may not be a great striker per se. Um, 
and Rodriguez might be a little bit better offensively or maybe even more potent. Um, but Esparza's yeah. going to try and just grind. And those are the kind of fighters that, that you look at when you watch these fights that end up being, you know, on the winning side of things is they're going to grind it out. They're going to tire you out. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I got Esparza winning this one just as the sole fact that I think she can hang and I think she can grind this one out and tire out Rodriguez. Yep, I like your angle on that. Um, she averages 3.28 takedowns per 15. Uh, it looks like Rodriguez has a decent takedown defense at 70%, and she's still unbeaten um, professionally and within the UFC. Two draws, the last one with uh, Cynthia Calvillo. She you know, beat Tisha Torres. Carlo Esparza, though, is on a nice streak, too, with wins over Jandra Goba, Grasso, and Michelle Watterson. So... It, when you look at this fight, if Esparza is able to get in and get Rodriguez to the ground, which um, is going to be a tough task because Rodriguez has that five-inch advantage. It's only a two-inch reach advantage, so it, it, it balances itself out a little bit there. But if this stays as a stand-up fight, I think Marina Rodriguez is able to take it. Um, she lands double the amount of strikes per minute, and her accuracy is much better than Esparza's as well. Um, this one really, you know, it could be a coin flip, but I'm going to, I'm going to lean towards Marina Rodriguez because if this goes, does go to decision, um, after, you know, kind of getting screwed with those draws recently and, you know, someone who could potentially make a run here at straw rate, straw weight, I think they would probably give it towards Marina Rodriguez if it goes that way. Well, we can't agree on everything, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the way it goes. <laughs> Yeah, and the next fight I think is going to be one of the most interesting fights of the night. Fabricio Vicalvo Verdum versus Alexander the Mauler Gustafson at heavyweight, which is going to be very interesting. Gustafson moving up, um, normally a light heavyweight guy. Um, but if you look at you know the size of both of these men, Verdum 6'4", Gustafson 6'5". Gustafson has a two-inch reach advantage. So we'll see if, you know, some of his more athletic um, abilities can translate here to the heavyweight and maybe bring a little bit more power in this one. Yeah, I, I mean, Verdum looks slow in his last outing. He looks sloppy. He looked tired against uh, Alexei Olenek. Mm-hmm. He got one round. He's got one round, basically, before his big old frame gets tired. I mean, and, and, and it's, I, I, don't, I don't dislike Verdum. It's just he's at that point in his career where – He's just slowing down. Mm-hmm. Um, but by then, I think in that one round, I think he'll get absolutely laced like I do every time I run to the buy station in Call of Duty Warzone. <laughs> he's just going to get – I think he's just going to get yeah, annihilated. Because you've you got to do anything you can to get your team back. You're like, I might die. This is <laughs> yeah. my only hope. Like, I, I need this one shot to get these boys back. If they don't yep. come back, I am done if I make it any further in this match. Yep. That's pretty much, yeah, how Verdum has been lately. That Olenek fight you saw, he just gassed. Um, he kind of struggled a little bit against Volkov, too. Um, looking at Gustafsson, you know, coming off two straight losses. But, I mean, to two very, very, very tough guys and uh, John Jones and Anthony Smith. So, you know, everything he struggled with has been more away from the ring. Is he going to be right to, for this matchup? Um, and, you know, making the jumps to heavyweight is going to be very interesting for him. If, obviously, I think we're both on the same page. If this goes past one round, I got Gustafson taking it. Um, and I believe, you know, that's not, that's not something, you know, you necessarily 
want to bet straight up because of the juice at 335 or doom a 260 favorite. Um, but that's something I think you want to include in, in a parlay. The Creek, obviously, for whatever reason, do, doesn't let us bet over-unders on uh, rounds. So, you know, you can't, you can't do anything like that. Can't bet. But, uh, well, you can bet it to go the distance, uh, but that's about it. So. I, I'm 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 with you on that. Gustafsson over Verdum. Um, there's no way to spin it uh, for any Verdum fans out there. I'm sorry. I just <laughs> uh, there's there's nothing we can do. <laughs> yep. Now onto the co-main event. You got Mauricio Shogun Rua versus Antonio uh, Rogerio Naguera. Shogun Rua minus one ninety favorite. Uh, Naguera plus one fifty underdog. This is a fight of some guys who've been around for quite some time. Cons your thoughts here Ty B I sure hope a comet doesn't hit the octagon in Abu Dhabi tonight for UFC fight Island three <laughs> otherwise two dinosaurs are going to be extinct honestly I mean this to me I'm not I'm not slandering this fight I'm just mm-hmm. saying like how much is left in the tank for these guys it'll be interesting to see how the fight goes Rua appears to be a little less athletic you know and and I still think this is Rua's fight to lose I would take Rua mm-hmm. but um keep this in mind okay and we mentioned this now you had mentioned things about over uh, the creek not offering the over two and a half rounds those kinds of prop bets but let's say you want to put it in with a bookie okay if you don't feel rua can do it again but you aren't feeling like taking over two and a half rounds could be a nice payday for you too you got a little you got that little wiggle room too and there's a late finish in round three i do think it goes the distance Mm-hmm. Got to give to people what they want. So um, if I were to bet this, I'm not betting one or the other. I'm taking the over on the rounds. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting too. looking at Rua, his last fight, uh, November of 2019, only fought twice in 18, once in 17, once in 16, once in 15. So he hasn't been fighting all that much. Um, you look at Naguera, he hasn't you know, really been fighting as much either. Mm -hmm. So as these guys get up in age, you know, you and I are worried about that a little bit, but when you really look at the amount of fights they've taken in recent years and you think about is ring rust still a possibility? Um, We've seen guys, you know, who've hopped back in like the California kid Mm -hmm. and who've looked, you know, right at home. And you've had other guys who hop back in after these long runs and just look, you know, like they're lost out there. So, yeah, if if I'm if I'm forced to pick anyone on this one, it's uh, it's Shogun Rua, but I would probably stay away from it just because there's so many unknowns. I think with this, with them not having fought for so long, either of them, and not, yeah, just not having that constant, you know, I'm sure they're training a lot. And, you know, as you get up in age, they start training some of the younger guys more and taking them on sort of as protégés. But do you still have that mindset where you want to be in the ring? You have that killer mindset that you can still, that switch you can still flip. Is it still there or have they lost it because they're not fighting as much? That's what I'm more worried about than anything. Just a little insight on that too. Um, when the UFC came to Rochester, you know, I, I had the uh, the opportunity to to interview uh, a lot of fighters, and Rafael dos Anjos was a great um, fighter to be around uh, during the week that I covered it. And dos Anjos basically said that the biggest thing about getting up there in age and having 
then in the spotlight, falling flat is is your why? Why do you wake up in the morning? Why do you train? What is your purpose anymore? So maybe these guys have a purpose. Okay. We just don't know about mm-hmm. it. I mean, at that time, Dos Anchos's uh, purpose was, um, I have a wife, I have a kids I have to provide for. So, you know, these guys might be doing that same thing. So we'll see what happens tonight. Yep, exactly. And on to the main event. Mm-hmm. It's time. Okay. Um, <laughs> Robert Whitaker, Darren Till. This is going to be a great fight. Whitaker, a slight favorite at minus 137. Darren Till comes in at 112. Whitaker obviously coming off the loss to Adesanya hasn't fought since before that though great wins over uh, Yoel Romero and a few other names uh, Darren Till has bounced back off that Masvidal loss um, with a win over Kelvin Gastelum so this is a very big fight I think here at middleweight can you stay up in the top you know five conversation to stay in there to potentially get another title fight um, if you're Whitaker or if you're Darren Till to get that first chance. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, I think it, it depends. I mean, statistically this, this favors Whitaker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's more powerful. He has a stronger ground game. Um, but I think it comes down to what type of shape his body's in. Let's think about it. He, he just was in an all out battle with Adesanya that that beat down. He's been sick. He's had injuries. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, he had an all out war with Yoel Romero. Yeah, I mean, just two of them. Yeah, two of them. Um, you know, whether or not, you know, that's I don't know what shape he's in. I mean, I've been reading and, and keeping up on it, but you know, when that octagon opens and he walks in, and his body could feel different. But I mean, I like Till, but I just think in, in in this case, statistically, it favors him. If I'm a betting man, I'm taking Whitaker in this fight, just so solely on the purpose that he's a little bit more of a powerful fighter than Till. Yep, I agree with you, and his, I think his output's much better, too. Um, I think Darren Till likes to feel guys out, and he's normally a little bit longer um, and can really wait and get those counters. I don't think that's really going to be real open uh, with Whitaker, a guy who lands you know, double the amount of strikes as Darren Till normally does um, per minute. Uh, both of them are pretty good defensively when it comes to blocking shots, except for uh, Darren Till when he was baptized. Uh, by Masvidal so um, neither of these guys like to go to the ground Uh, I think Whitaker is probably a little better on the ground but I think we're going to see a nice stand-up fight here Uh, five rounds is it going to go the whole five if it does it's going to be a hell a hell of a fight Um, but I really do think Whitaker gets it Um, even if we're going to go to a scorecard on this I think Whitaker is going to be able to get it, score enough points, get enough significant strikes. Um, I don't think we're going to have to worry about, you know, guys getting like one takedown, laying on someone for two minutes, doing absolutely nothing, and then somehow winning the round, even though they were outstruck by, you know, 20, 30 strikes. So that's hopefully something we're going to avoid with the judges tonight in this type of fight here. Um, I think, you know, the hands are going to be flying, the legs are going to be going, and we're going to have an amazing main event. But, yeah, my money's also on Whitaker. Yeah. And, and one other thing to bring up too is, um, you know, Whitaker did cite, you know, he did say in, in October that he was felt a little mentally burned out after the, uh, the Edisanya fight, but mm-hmm. you know, since then he seems to be refreshed. 
So it's always nice to hear a fighter feel like they found that next realm of where they're going to go. So I just liked what was coming, what was coming out of his mouth, this, you know, leading up to this fight. So, you know, that's another little tidbit I wanted to throw in there as well. Yeah, that's something I think a lot of people go and just bet on the UFC. They look at the card and you might look at Mm -hmm. the numbers, but you really want to look at the week leading up because, you know, some of them have different mindsets. They've switched things up. Like once Masvidal came back from that retreat, like if you didn't know that and if you weren't paying attention, you weren't ready for that sort of ascension that he had. Um, It's just different things you see when people are in weigh-ins. Do they look like they are literally battered, you know, like they just – strain themselves for the past 48 hours you know with like are they going to be able to bounce back from that like you can find these little things but you just have to be paying attention and you know that's what we're going to try to do to you for you guys while we provide these UFC previews when we do yeah for sure and we'll we'll keep them coming as long as you guys are looking to put your money where your mouth is so (laughs) exactly so good luck to everyone get that free money and good night now